Kura, welcome to the Invisible Sensei Podcast. Hope you're well wherever you're listening to this. So you're about to listen to part two of my epic <laughs> interview with Ken Knight of Ken Food TV. We get into a lot of weird places, but we have a lot of fun doing it. We talked this week about martial arts movies, the traps and pitfalls of teaching multiple disciplines, and we have a lot of fun doing it. So don't forget to check out his channel. Kenfu TV on YouTube, and please feel free to follow this podcast on Facebook, that's the Invisible Sensei Podcast, and on Instagram, that's the Invisible Sensei Podcast on there as well. Check you out soon. Thanks so much for listening. Take care and enjoy. Do you think, I mean, you do a, you do a, a number of different styles, you've, you've got training in a number of different things. So with that, how do they come sure. together in you? How does all that, how do you, being a Philippine martial artist, jiu-jitsu, and forgive me, I'm missing thing, karate, how does that come together in you when you teach karate, for instance? So are you a karate guy who's teaching some Filipino stuff? Are you a Filipino practitioner who does a bit of karate? How do you see yourself? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, I try to, and and my sensei wanted to see this happen too. Uh, I try to keep them separate and focus on them being taught as what they are and not blending them together. Uh, you know, it's one thing for, for me to, if I'm sparring to move from one thing to another, because it's natural because they're in there and you can't necessarily stop it. You, you react, you know, uh, but when teaching and when following the etiquette and the philosophies and the traditions to try to keep those compartmentalized to what they are, uh, especially in our school, since we teach multiple, if a student's only learning one of them, it does them a disservice to really make it too broad and have everything just rolled into one. If they're learning karate, I need to teach them karate. And if, if it would be done in the different martial arts, a lot of times I think one of the biggest things that is different is the environment and the emphasis, you know, so your, your environment and culture, uh, plays a big role into why they did things. And then the emphasis, uh, Filipino martial arts is a really good example of that. You know, karate, if if you are, I will say, fortunate enough to train in a karate school that, that does kabuto, that has weapons, very often the weapons are taught last. And sometimes you, you are a black belt or at least a brown belt before you ever pick one up. My school is not like that. You, you pick up a weapon early on, um, and I'm thankful for that. But a lot of them, you know, you start empty-handed, you don't touch a weapon for a long, long time. In the Filipino martial arts, you start with a weapon, and you don't go empty-hand for possibly a long, long time, okay. depending on the progression. And so when you do them both long enough, you see a lot of overlap. But the emphasis is what's different. And remembering that emphasis when you teach, you know, yeah, I need to make sure that I'm giving emphasis to what this art would do, what their motivations would be. Uh, what they prioritize and and then I'll, I'll drop things every now and again I'll say you know if this was you know if I was doing Filipino martial arts then I might enter this way or something like that just to maybe hint at different ideas and to show that there's other things out there but then I don't spend any time on it I just show hey you know I might do this but today we're going to do this because of this and then we go but now maybe it's in the back of their head well maybe I want to know more about that 
because I think people should explore and understand. It doesn't mean that that's the appropriate time, though. I shouldn't go, well, this reminds me of a Filipino move, so let's turn this the, the last 45 minutes of this class in karate into a Filipino martial arts class. I, I think that does a disservice to everybody who's there to learn karate. I think that we, you know, we were talking a couple of days ago and we were talking about sometimes to combine these really two, these really strong elements is to diminish the power of them individually and collectively. So, you know, everything has, yeah. its, has its place in, it, in, in its space and its time. Um, I'm going to give you a magic wand question. So, Ken Fu of Ken Fu TV, for some reason, you have been handed a magic wand and you, like Funakoshi, have been given the task of uh, introducing karate into the American school curriculum. Um, how do you do it? How do you do it? And, and money is not, a, not an object. Uh, interesting. So, the first thing that I would want to do is, right now especially, because I, I really would really like to see this happen is approach the fact that we need a way for children to understand barriers and boundaries and to establish them and those boundaries are the thing that define whether or not we allow ourselves to be bullied we allow ourselves to be molested we allow ourselves to be in all these situations it's a very common thing right now to establish a policy of just not talking about like you know kids getting raped is not something we want to talk about because that's really messed up so we just won't talk about it cool now kids don't know about it so then when things happen and i'm not saying i want to go teach a karate class all about rape right i mean that kind of that kind of sounded weird but but what a martial arts class does well is teaches how to define boundaries and how to establish the idea that that when you see these boundaries going, you need to defend them because if you don't defend the boundary, then you let somebody a little bit closer and a little bit closer until it's too late to do anything that's going to be effective. And that confidence, right now we have the biggest issue with kids having anxiety and depression and a number of different problems. You know, bullying has moved from pushing a kid into a locker to you know, texting him every day to tell him that he should kill himself. And that's messed up. And how do we, I didn't grow up that way. I don't know what life would have been like if that was what I had to deal with when it came to bullying and things like that. So helping kids find self-worth and confidence through, and look at the way the old martial artist did it, look at the way Funakoshi talked about it, um, and Itosu talked about it when they moved it into their school systems is they went, we want to build strong bodies and capable capable people. We want to build those things in people. So if I build strong bodies, then I'm probably doing fitness. Fitness increases endorphins. Endorphins make it harder for, I'm going to try not to quote Legally Blonde right now. I'm trying to shift away. She's <laughs> yeah, you not know, quoting uh, Reese Witherspoon, man, this is over, just so you know. That's right. But, you know, if you, I mean, not only are we developing strong people, and that's a thing, that one of their things that they wanted to accomplish was developing strong, I mean, at that time, the martial arts was very male-centric. They wanted to develop strong men for the military to be ready to serve their country. 
name a kid that you've seen lately that is even thinking about the possibility of serving their country, you know, it's not it's not really a common theme anymore. And let alone are they likely to be ready because they've all got video game bodies and and you know, it's just different now. And their communication skills are horrible. So developing I, I would target that in order to get into the school system I would I mean curriculum aside I would target why I think it's valuable that kids have it you must find this I've found this quite a bit and I think most most us do especially when it comes to children is that you know some parents believe that they've been watching karate kid and if they send their kids to the dojo and magically they're going to be these most amazing disciplined focused resilient kids and I think sometimes the the opposite is true because they're doing it for the parents. I had a sensei who said, if you want your children to learn discipline, you come to training. I'll teach you. You teach your children. And it's that, Interesting. that trip that's a kind of a trip because it's they're mistaking discipline for compliant. They, they want kids that yes. can't, that, that's kind of fall into place. Not in every instance. But you know, have, yeah, have, and not and not necessarily maliciously. They just don't realize they're doing it. It's a it's a it's a it's a trap that we kind of fall into. Um, okay, so another one. No Bruce Lee references. Martial arts no, movies okay. or martial arts media that have influenced you. Ooh, and no Bruce Lee references. That's okay because you know what? While I really like my Bruce Lee and all of that stuff. Uh, that wasn't the thing that influenced me. We mentioned the Karate Kid. The Karate Kid was a big one for me. Uh, the whole Miyagi and the philosophy and all that kind of stuff, definitely. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 100%. I mean, that was probably between the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Power Rangers. That was like the thing that got me interested in doing it. The, Power Rangers, the yeah. Well, that was, what, uh, you know, so what was funny for me is, is you know, Power Rangers, here we are. We've got these these kids really weirdly chosen to go fight beings from outer space and weird stuff but the moments that i really liked the things that appealed to me was when they'd be in the angel grove cafeteria training karate or something and i was like man that looks really cool they get together and they do this i always thought that that those were the coolest parts of the show to me because that was something that i wanted i wanted a place that i could go be with my friends you know they could be doing gymnastics i could be doing karate whatever and you know we go over and get a smoothie at the juice bar like it just seemed so awesome and and so i that really appealed to me the the community of it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was just awesome and then more recently or, or or at least later in life Red Belt is probably one of my favorite martial arts movies oh brother I you know what you know that gets bagged a lot of my a lot of my MMA and Jiu Jitsu buddies bag it but Red Belt is one of my favorite movies Check yeah it out. you know to me it's not about the Jiu Jitsu it's got it's got Jiu Jitsu in it right but it's not about the Jiu Jitsu it's about the story of a man trying to do the best that he can to follow the path and only a martial artist really understands what that path looks like and that is what i like about that movie is it explores that part of the martial arts that doesn't get talked about which is the the, the life of it it's a hugely underrated film it's got some amazing cameras and some amazing people in it it really does uh, you know it definitely has some some it's got some significant martial artists in it. It's got some significant actors in it. Uh, is it the greatest movie ever? Definitely not. Uh, is it the greatest martial artist movie? Martial arts movie? Really, probably not. You know, people had different feelings about 
the martial arts that happen in it. There aren't actually a lot done in the movie. It's not an action movie. And it's why I'm reluctant to show it to a lot of people too, because it, it's a thinking, it's a thought provoking movie. And you have to come at that movie in a, in a place where you're open to that. It's not, you're not going to watch Die Hard or, or the next Transporter movie. Uh, it's something different. Hey guys, here's a little hint about what's coming up in part three. Stay tuned. It's not that I'm, I'm so pure that I can't talk about money. It just, it does sort of on some weird level, it kind of changes the dynamic of the relationship, doesn't it? It does. And I personally, I just find it embarrassing to talk about. <laughs>